Do you love smoking marijuana in 7-Eleven parking lots? Having sex with Mexican women and Filipino women that call you nigga in front of your aunties, uncles, and cousins, but also listen to Mike Sherm and Zay Bangs while picking up your little light-skinned child from the daycare center? How about going to kickbacks where in a house full of 19 and 18-year-olds, you'll still see a 42-year-old man with a bald spot in the middle of his dreadlocks snatching the ox cord out to plug it into his Android to play town business by Keek to Sneak? How about paying $4,000 a month to live in a one-bedroom apartment on a street that you know for a fact a nigga you've seen on the news with caution tape around it at least 16 times? Then come to the Bay Area. We have all of this and much more. The Bay Area. Are you in good hands? At some point in the podcast, we're going to talk about how Diet Dr. Pepper is the most underrated diet soda in the world, bro. Like this is Diet Dr. Pepper is fine. I think Diet Dr. Pepper and Diet A&W are the two best diet sodas ever. I made a comment about that on Facebook a few weeks, I think a few days ago, and all these health critics and um, new participators of a P1PX40 or whatever that that stuff called that people are doing in their house now. Oh, well, you know, diet soda isn't good for you at all. It raises your blood pressure. It gives you, I know I'm killing myself by drinking it. I know, but at least let me feel better that I'm drinking a two liter soda that has zero calories. <laughs> but what's up with everybody? This is the Greatest Voice Podcast. How are you doing? How are you feeling this morning? I'm saying this morning because I assume most of my listeners on the Monday episode listen to me in the morning. Uh, how you guys doing? How you feeling? I have been great. Uh, I, for those who don't know, I just started doing the thing with the podcast now. I'm going to do two episodes a week. We're going to do one episode Monday. The next episode episode is going to be Friday or Saturday, depending on how I feel the topics hit me throughout the week. I had so much to talk to you guys about from Friday up until now. Like, it was just like a old, just a... Like, I was, you don't even know, I was just walking around the house saying funny stuff to myself, just... Uh, no, I can't write that, but I got to wait another day to get and talk to y'all. So, you know, it's what it is, what it is. Um, let's just start from the beginning. Secret Santa was a success. Um, for those who didn't listen to last week's episode, I was having quite the uh, the, 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 uh, the dilemma, the issue, trying to procure a gift. I don't even know if that was a word that I just said. Trying to find, trying to allocate, trying to find the proper gift for the young lady who I had received for Secret Santa at my place of employment, whose name shall remain nameless just because I want to respect people's identity. And I went through, when I tell you, I was just asking random people who walked into my job, hey, you know, hey, you see that girl sitting at that desk right there? Hey, take a few looks at her. Now, tell me when you walk out, what 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 gift you think she would really appreciate? Like, what gift you really think I, I should get her? I asked like eight people this. I'm not exaggerating to make this story up. I asked like eight people this. Then also asked two white women in the Walmart that I went to go get her gift from. And man, but she ended up liking the gifts. I got her um a box of like makeup brushes and then I got her... um. This like a uh, coconut shea butter oil uh, mix for for your hair, and um, I got it just because from my personal experience, shea butter has been amazing for me since I've been on this keto diet where I've been eating a high high fat diet. I haven't had to put the shea butter on my face that much because my body's already getting a lot of fat anyway. But so I got it there, and she actually loved it. So I was happy. Like it felt good because I was 
like I said, y'all don't know how close she was to getting a box of just laundry detergent, bro. Like I'm, <laughs> it's it, the the worst thing. I'm gonna tell you the worst thing you can do is have and is I'm not rich, but the worst thing you can do is have a little bit of money and have to buy a gift for somebody because, like, bro, like you, you like when, when I was broke, it was easy for me to give you a gift. Uh, <laughs> Bro, one time I went to somebody's birthday party. This was eight years ago. I have to tell this story. I gave a woman a birthday. It was a birthday party at at, at this at that swimming pool in Anna. It's like that like that swimming pool park. For those who are from Northern California, you might know where I'm talking about. It was that that water park at uh, it's that water park over there. Um, in northern Sacramento, it was like near Antelope, and it's kind of towards uh, what's it called? Uh, like towards uh, Roseville. I went there and I gave this woman a, a birthday card made from writing essay paper, filled with coupons that I had had from this coupon book for like random stores and McDonald's. I just needed my ass whooped for that. That was so ghetto. But um. Yeah, when you poor, you don't have an issue with getting her a, a gift card. Uh, sorry, a birthday card that you obviously got from Dollar Tree that says "Happy First Day." <laughs> like, so that was lit. Uh, that was cool. My my secret Santa shout out to the homie. I'm not gonna say her name because once again, respect the secrets of the podcast. She got me like these water bottles, but they're shaped like weights. So like they're like dumbbell water bottles. So like you can fill them up with water and actually do weights with them. It looks so cool, bro. And it like what I took from that trading that interchange of gifts between all of us, these interchange of four and five dollar gifts that we all got from the marked off second shit section at Marshalls and and Ross. What I got from that was my gift I appreciated a lot because the person who I added, she follows me on the Snapchat. So on my Snapchat and on my Instagram, and for those of you guys who follow me, you guys know how much I am, I'm into the gym. Like, I go to the gym usually twice a day. And it showed me that she got me a gift that she looked at me and said, you know what, this fits into who he is as a person. This is something that I know for a fact because I see him going to the gym all the time. Like, this is something that fits him. So that meant a lot to me. And she even thought that deep into me. And the second thing that I took away from that Secret Santa interchange was just the value of working with people who you actually like. That's a luxury that a lot of us, a lot of you guys listen to me right now, a lot of us have experienced and I mean, sorry, haven't had the opportunity to experience. We all know the experience when you are working next to somebody named Howard, Steve, or Darrell who does not do his side of the work. I can tell you my last job I had, some great guys in that team. Some great guys. I miss you guys. My, my, my supervisor was a great guy. My hiring manager was a great guy. But there was at least two or three of you, and I dare to say the phrase, niggas that I cannot stand to work with. I had one dude. I ain't going to say his name, but he know who I'm talking about if he listen to this podcast. We used to do patrols and we would used to do shifts and we'd switch off on the hour to do lunch. He would take a two and a half hour lunch and an hour and a half of that would have been time that I was supposed to go to lunch or switch off with him. Now, because I'm a bitch ass, excuse my language, because I, I didn't want to cause an issue. I was new. I'm already having a hard time getting money as it was. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to be an issue. But I was like, bro, what are you doing? Like, 
you're being so inconsiderate of my time. Like, that's so messed up. So I can understand that feeling that you go through of working with people who either aren't pulling their half of the share or you just don't get along with. You guys have personality clashes. I've had those experiences a lot of times and it can be a very unpleasant experience, especially with me because I'm the type of person where I try to go out of my way to make people feel comfortable. I try to go so hard out of my way to like, we're gonna have a conversation later on about that, about like how that just affects, um, how that just affects like people in general. And by the way, we're not gonna talk about the Secret Santa stuff all day. We're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about my jadedness. We're gonna talk about the interview with 21 Savage and TI. And of course, we're gonna have the two short versus ED40, E40 battle conversation. We're gonna talk about that later, a little bit later on. But um, so being coming from that perspective, like it's it, where I work at right now, and I don't that where I work at right now, you know, my goal is to be a broadcaster, broadcaster, be the voice of California, be the voice of my region. But for where I'm at right now, the people I work with, who I work with every day and talk and joke with and have the hard times with and the good times with, I'm really appreciative of the team that I have. Like really appreciative of the team that I have. Like I, I appreciate that fact that like I'm working with people who are easy to work with, who do seem to care, who do like I appreciate that a lot. Like so just the fact that we could just share a happiness, happy, have a good moment. Like it, it really showed me the value like of these last four or five months that I've been at this site, this website, this or this job that I work at, it showed me the value of really working with people who you actually get along with and can stand being around for, for eight hours a day. Cause sometimes it's hard, bro. When you work with some people that you don't like, that's a very uncomfortable experience. I mean, a very, I know what it's like when you work at places where, especially when you do security, a lot of times you, when you do, when you're a security guard, not all places, you'll work at some sites and some places where the people don't respect you or see you as somebody worth even talking or having a discussion with because you know, they look at you as like the security guard. You the nigga standing outside the door, opening the door for people. And it's kind of ironic because a lot of those places, those same people who have those attitudes to you, when you break it down, they don't even know that you're they're making the same hourly wage as you're making. They just might be working heck of more hours. Especially when I was in the Bay Area. Like in the Bay Area, when you do security, most jobs in the Bay Area, they start you off at twenty something dollars an hour. So you like you're not Gee, we ain't, if you going if you were doing like how I was doing and living in Sacramento County or in San Joaquin County and working security in the Bay Area, when you come back home to the you know you you're not rich but you do you doing okay like you wasn't broke, so I just just want to get that out. I had to vent that feeling real quick. Um, I had a conversation just to close put a topic on the Secret Santa uh, topic. We're going to talk about jadedness and relationships. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. Shout out to uh, Emma. I won't say where she, where I know her from or anything like that because I want to keep her business to, to herself. But I had a conversation with a beautiful young lady, great woman. She's getting married and everything like that. And she was just giving me her her opinion about relationships and stuff like that. And, you know, when I was telling her about my jadedness, my reluctance to put my heart in the hands of women, how I think all women are the devils and want to rob you for your money, your last box of, of detergent, of laundry detergent detergent and all that other stuff and at one point in the conversation she was like you know because I, I understand that the way that I look at relationships to some people can look a little bit crazy 
It can look a little bit insane. And the way that I look at dealing with women, like I have an aunt, she tells me all the time that she thinks I don't respect women and she thinks I'm just sexist and somewhat misogynistic and all this other stuff. And I told her, and I'm bringing this up honestly because I've had this conversation with a lot of women in the last few weeks, not just with them. I'm a grown man now. I'm coming up on 30. 30's coming very soon. Here or something, it's coming up soon. It's hard for me to open up my heart to dating and really believe because so naturally in my heart of art as a man, I fall in love very fast. I get attached to people extremely fast, way more faster than should be necessary for a six foot two dark skinned male with a great jawline. I'm just saying you like I'm I feel like in my heart, I feel like I look like in my heart. I look like I look like slog from the Goonies, even though outside I look like Godfrey, the comedian. So that being said, I bring this up though because. I've always naturally get attached to women really fast when I like them. And a lot of times it can just be a sexual attraction thing. It can just be a desire thing that, it, that, that makes me really get attached to women. So because I have that innate need, that innate desire, extreme desire that most people, I guess, would have. When I was younger, I'd say from not eight years old to 23, 24, I even say 25, honestly. I'll be honest with you, my dating life really improved when I turned 25, but from eight to 25, I had to be, I had to get used to so many times, bro. I mean, so many times, man, like where my heart would literally bleed for this woman. Like I would love her or die for her. like my soul, my soul, my whole body would just be overwhelmed with love and desire. Playing genuine, so anxious, D'Angelo's, uh, uh, how does it feel all night, just all, all night. And this woman, and this happened with multiple women, they wouldn't give a F or a flying F about me. They would just continue chasing after the nigga who had green eyes or with some tall, dark skin nigga with waves or it, 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 that broke my heart because it was like just a history, just unrequited love. Like off the top of my head, I can think of at least 10, 11 women who I really dreamed and loved and fell in love with and like would not give me the time of day. And I had to watch all these people, all these women who, even though I felt these strong affection, these strong feelings for, they would walk past me. I know one girl who I, I, I used to write poems for, I used to chase all the time. She didn't like me, but she loved my older brother. I mean, was in love with my older brother. Asked everybody, could, they, could she get my older brother's number? Only started talking to me because she found out who my older brother was. She actually ended up fucking my younger brother repeatedly. And didn't look at me like it's nothing. And, bro, that hurt my heart. Like, the, bro, that crushed me as a man. That just, like, it hurt me because it made me look like, what's wrong with me, you know? Now, granted, turned 25 and... Things went different. I don't know it's because my facial structure got a little bit more slimmer, but just I just started knocking everything. But like life, life is weird because I think twenty five hit me differently because that was around the time when I started like pulling women who were pretty and pulling women who were prettier than the women who had rejected me when I was younger. So it kind of changed my perspective on things. But and it's kind of funny because a lot of, uh, some of those same girls who have who gave me L's. 
I've seen him in traffic before and the energy's been a little bit different now, but it's like, you know, I'm jaded now, so I don't even look at you the same. So I'm bringing all that up because I had to get so used to peep to, I had to get so used to the whole, you know how the old G's, they'd always say, you know, there's more fish in the sea. I had to understand that I had I had to have a very rough understanding process about that so much so that it's hard for me to look at women as more than just like not objects, but just like, you know, well, just what can they bring in the moment? Like how pretty you are, how I can't. A lot of times I'll see dudes when they're with a girl and they'll think that that woman is the one. Not even factoring the fact that there's six billion people in the world and there might be another hundred million people that are just like her or look just like her, have the same facial features, have the same toe shapes or whatever. But in their mind and their heart, they feel that this woman is the one for them, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. I had to get used to getting over the idea that I'm going to think that about women who are not even going to want me. I'm going to feel these strong ass emotions that literally break my heart and break my nerves for these women that they will not even spare uh not even split a pie from nations in Vallejo with me. So that kind of that that early on experience of just jadedness in relationships, that really uh it don't know man. It, it uh it made me who I am, you know? It just made me who I was. And so I don't as a grown man, it scares me because like a lot of the times I'll be talking to people and there was a time where I would say this stuff to people and I would be saying it just to make myself sound experienced, make myself sound like no all knowing. But now it's like it's become who I am, like it's become who I am to say like, well, you know, shoot, you can't trust women. Like there's a girl at the gym I go to, beautiful girl, met her like two weeks ago, beautiful girl. And it first, let me just clarify this. We had one conversation. There was no sexual in the wood in new in the hell. I probably think she didn't even like me to be honest. Well, she I think I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't even know if she liked me or not to be honest with you. But I bring her up because I felt that same feeling. That same feeling where I feel like I met a girl and I feel like this could be a really solid girl. I have that same feeling for her. But at the same time, I'm so used to having those feelings in the past and being rejected or it not working that. It could be at a point where, you know, I'm on guard or even then or even or even I'll tell you even deeper, like even if she did, even if we do talk and it goes the way I want it to go, it's like um, it's like even if it does go the way I want it to go, it'd be like, well, hell, shoot, I'm so I don't know. I'm what if she does me like how many other how, what what if she cheats on me? What if she does me how many other girls have done me? So, you know, and granted, like I said, you know, as a man now. My last three years, my experiences with women have been totally great. I've met some really great women these last three, three or four years. These last three or four years, I've had some really great experiences with women. Like I've met a lot of beautiful women, had a lot of good moments, had a lot of great times. I've a lot of great women. But I think those years before then, those years before then, those experiences that I had, they scarred me so much. They scarred me so much on a on a just a primal unconscious level that I that it's hard for me to kind of just you know I don't know man it, it just it just it just hit me hard like it just it hit me hard so that was just me being vulnerable about vulnerable about my jadedness because I feel like you know most guys don't talk about it a lot of dudes you know we especially when you come to a lot of dudes from the Bay Area 
a lot of dudes from you know if you come from the urban environment like the San of the San Francisco's the double niggas from Hunters Point Double Rocks or if you come up under that umbrella that culture of like urban you know black era hyphy era and it might just be because of how our rappers talk from out here you come under that that idea of saying women ain't shit bitches ain't shit you should treat them like shit they ain't shit which could be true but but a lot of the time a lot of these dudes who say that have been hurt in the past like I've been hurt and just don't want to my biggest fear is I don't want to be the man that's putting his all and his end to make a woman happy to make her feel complete and all this other stuff and she's fucking some dude named Luke behind the Arby's off Stockton Boulevard I'm just being real like and that's a but the thing about that that's a real thing that happens I see that all the time I've seen I don't know hey man we can just conversation all day now Y'all have been waiting for me to talk about this two short versus E shorty E forty battle. This was uh Bay Area finest, Bay Area's finest, one of Bay Area's finest moments. I was happy to see it. Watched it last night, tried to do a live video recording of it and stream it to Facebook. Facebook blocked it. Then on top of that, the battle took like 39 minutes to start. They do that thing where they keep waiting for the views in the actual room to get to three, four hundred, five hundred thousand. I said when the video started, you are not going to get more than two hundred thousand or one hundred and seventy thousand views of this of this battle. Because, like I said, see, the Bay Area Bay Area music is Bay Area music, I must say, is almost to a certain extent like Washington, D.C. go-go music, where it's only mostly people who are from California. And even then, I'd say mostly people who are from north of Fresno, California, that really enjoy it. You're not going to listen to the I Am Sues, the Mike Sherms, the Zay Bangs, the Shooter Gang Conies, the Nelly MB Narrows, the Haiti Babies a lot of the time unless you are from California. It just is what it is. It's something about that Bay Area sound that only appeals to California versus when you go to Northern, North, Southern California and you listen to the Shoreline Mafias and you listen to the Blue Bucks Clan and the uh, Blue Faces. They have songs that they're concentrated and centered in L.A. culture, but it's more well-received in the clubs in Atlanta, in the clubs in New Orleans, in the clubs in Houston. I can't tell you why. Um, now, I've also said that, you know, you can't keep fighting from acceptance. You can't keep fighting for acceptance from people who are from outside of the... There was a time where I used to really kill, like I used to really talk mess about the SOBRBEs and the Young TOs and the Slimmy Bs because their music would not make it outside of California. But then I thought, you know what? Who cares? Like, as long as you cater to your audience and grab a grip on your audience here and you talk to them and you connect to them, what matters? I think we're at the point now in the world where you don't have to. When I was a child, when I was 13, 14, 13, 14, or 12, or 11, 10, that was that era. That was the era where if you were a singer or if you were a rapper, nigga, it would be well advised for you to make a song that could play and be well received in the club in Atlanta, could play and be well received in the clubs in Detroit, Michigan, could play and be well received in the clubs of uh, Fargo, uh, North Dakota. I think that's in North Dakota or South Dakota. So, but those were different times. 
nowadays you can have your own audience that's just popping every other day i learn about a singer from some genre I li- I, i'm learning i'm learning spanish so every other day i learn about a genre i learn about a singer who in a certain pocket genre of espanol is really popular i was listening to chalino sanchez just right now before i, I logged in this dude is like the legend of corridos music which is like a really popping music for like mexicanos pero es como so sorry to speak spanish again but it's like it ain't like I grew up listening to that nigga shit, and it's hell of Mexicans that pop in, in, in California who play this dude's music all the time, and it, I just was, it, I just always was oblivious to it. So you can have your own fan group and be popular. Me and a dude was just talking about that. Shout out to Alex Mesa and his family, the Mesa family. They, they're a fan. They're um, they do Norteño music. I think it's called North, Norteño music. And they did like a tour in Georgia and Alabama. And like I told them, I was like, bro, a lot of people, I said, you're doing smart by going down south because a lot of people don't know. There are a lot of Mexicans down south in Alabama and Georgia and South Carolina now. And they would love to go to concerts and see their own music be performed. It's just that a lot of the times, specifically with down south, the music industry is kind of overshadowed by the hip hop scene down there. Maybe the country scene to a little bit that you won't see it. But no, I told him like, bro, there's an audience out there that need that wants to be that wants to see their people. So you're doing the right thing by going out there. So with that being said, this is all very important to bring into the conversation because E40 at any given moment that he had a time when he had a microphone in his hand, outside of dancing like Caillou from the program Caillou or Arthur when the in the intro of Arthur, he let everybody know how F y'all, F y'all, if you don't accept Bay Area music, y'all call me weird, y'all call me this and that. He was really getting his shit off. And I think part of the reason E40 was ranting like that was because this was the most attention, most public platform he's had in the last few years outside of going. I think right now when we had E40 talking on there, that was the most that anybody's paid attention to him outside of the California since he's been on the Breakfast Club, which he went on there this week acted to promote the battle. So I understand why he wanted to get all that off. And I felt him. When we talk about the battle itself, did I enjoy the battle? I enjoyed the battle. Um, most of Two Shorts catalog I was not familiar with. I was not familiar with most of Two Shorts catalog. I'll be all the way honest with you. Most of E40 songs I knew, even if I didn't know the name of the song, I knew. Like he played the Bumble. He played the Bumble, but then he in that first half of it he played Mr. Flamboyant. That the intro. To, yeah, I'm just a hustler on the go. Out here getting my money, don't you know? Living kinda comfortable, large male and all, yeah. And a jealous motherfucker would love to see me fall like that, that. Dun, dun. And then he cut it off, and he played the Bumble. And that Bumble song, that's my joint. I'm coming smebbing, bruh, like, bro, that's my joint. Like, if you from California, bro, that... So I I didn't grow I grew I lived in Vallejo from six years old to fourteen and a half years old, and the, so the battle itself, even though it took thirty nine minutes for the battle to start, it was like an exorcism. It was like a breath of fresh air to me because, like I said, I grew I lived in the barrier during the hyphy movement or during where a lot like leading up to the point that Two Shorty Forty came out. 
they were playing all Bay Area songs, all these songs that I grew up around, and I missed it, bro. I remember the Federation, they played the Federation, there's some hoes in here, they played Keek the Sneak Town Business. If you from the Bay Area, y'all know it when that, when Town Business, it's different because a lot of people who watch that battle, there are some people who are watching that battle and had never heard these songs before. You'd have had to really grow up in the Bay Area. Remember when these songs were playing on the radio all the time? Sabrani, Walnut, 98, Brookfield, 800 Block, 7, bro. Like, it just was a, it was just a beautiful time in history, man. Like, a great time to be alive. And, and even now, we're still there. Like, don't get me wrong. When you go to the Bay Area, they're still playing Capablo. That's one thing that the Bay Area has always done good, did, did good with. They support their own. Their, their radio station in the Bay Area support their own. And truth be told, the Bay Area is like 10, 23 million people. So they have enough people to be able to support their own. Like, it ain't like, it ain't like it's like a, it ain't like it's a small village in, in, in Alaska. Like, you guys have enough people to support your own and still make money. So... I think for me it was a it was for me it was more of a celebration of Bay Area culture and I truthfully appreciated that. Even if you're not from the Bay Area, because we can have that conversation. I saw that part in the battle where he forty turned to the DJ and was like, You from Pittsburgh? Ain't that the Delta? Don't they call that the Delta? And the DJ was like, Nah man, it's just Pittsburgh, it's just Pittsburgh. Because when you from like them outskirt kind of cities, it's the Bay Area, but it's not the Bay Area, like Antioch, Pittsburgh, or Concord. You, <laughs> you know, even if you're from Vallejo, bro, like even if you're from Vallejo, it's a lot of times like people talk about Vallejo like it's not the Bay Area. To me, you know, it's the Bay Area, obviously, you know. But when you from like them cities, it's kind of like on the outskirts, outskirts like Antioch, Concord, Pittsburgh, or like uh, shit. Uh, what's another good one? Brentwood, <laughs> like Dublin, Dub. I ain't even heard it, bro. I took this on my mom. I had never heard of the city of Dublin or Pleasanton until two years ago. I swear to God, I didn't even I didn't even know I was a Bay Area now. Like now they're trying to make the Tracy the Bay Area. I'm like, how the hell? Did, when did Tracy become Bay Area? But um, anyway, bringing all this bringing all this up to say like um, it was it it this was more not even just a celebration of Bay Area culture. It was a celebration of just Northern California to me because. You got to include, they played Mozzie. You got to include the people from Sacramento because Mozzie's music is slapping everywhere in California. They slapping them in the Bay hard. You got to show love to Sacramento. You got to show love to Stockton. You got to show love to Fresno, even though we're waiting for them niggas to come out with somebody who can really pop like that. You got to show love to, um, shoot, just anywhere. Like just in general, like just in general, like Northern California in general, you got to show love. Um, if you want to have a real conversation, all those cities that I listed, there used to be funk between dudes from Bay Area and Sacramento because dudes from the Bay Area on a street level would come to Sacramento, set up shop, doing selling dope, and they'd have beefs between like the dudes who are quote unquote natively some Sacramento, even though most of us as black people who are from California. If you grew up in the thing about Bay Area is if you grew up in the Bay, if you're black, most of our families from the Bay Area came from down south or came from down south and moved to the Bay Area and half of those families I would say went from the Bay Area to Sacramento so if even if you from Sacramento and you from a hood that's that's like Oak Park or the Heights you usually have some cousins that are either from Oakland or from Frisco or from Vallejo I had family half my I have hella family in Sacramento but most of my life I lived in the Bay Area in Vallejo so you know it's the same way so it's no need for us to have these divides when we're all connected we all like 
when the hyphy movement was popping, bro, you went to Sacramento. They was ghost riding and going dummy out there and doing the little side shows too. So it is what it is. But overall, the battle was beautiful. I enjoyed it. I I had a good time. If I had to say who won, I'd say by far E40. Just for the energy, just for the love. I love the fact that when you see E40, the thing about E40 that I love, when you see E40, I want you to understand something about E40. Whether you like his music, whether you like his lyrical technique, whether you like his delivery, understand the thing about E40. This is the thing about E40 that a lot of people don't take, that a lot of people take for granted. Don't get it fucked up. And this is the difference between E-40 and Too Short. E-40 is a true master of his craft. Don't get it fucked up. Don't think just because he goofy and wear glasses and stuff like that in a dance. He is a master of his craft. When you see him on the stage, ghost riding, going dumb and doing the smees, he's an MC. He's been performing his, he's been going on stages and arenas performing his songs for 30 years on. He's doing a show. He has show presence. I saw that when he was standing next to Too Short, and when he'd go sit down and Too Short would start performing, nigga, Too Short looked like a Too Short perform. Too Short perform as old as he is. Like he performed like an old ass nigga. Hey, yeah, da 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 da. The crowd gonna say half of it, but nah. If you watch videos of E40 performing, it is fun. He up, he doing his thing. E40, I've watched videos of E40 perform versus Mike Sherman perform versus Coney perform versus Mazda perform. And E40 is actual MC. He is an MC. He rocks the stage. And on top of that, when it comes to his actual style of rapping and how he presents and how he flows and stuff like that, he actually spits bars. But what he can also do that a lot of people don't do is he has four and five different flows. He has four or five different flows. He does his offbeat flow where he just really is just spitting game and saying all this stupid shit. But then if he wants to get into the pocket, he can get into the pocket. Too Short can't do that. Too Short can't do that. Too Short has that one flow that he's been using since 1963 and, and has been rocking with it. He can't do that. And only if 40 can do that. That's something that's that's a gift. That's a that's something that yes, a gift. That's a talent. That's a skill that E40 has naturally and has honed it. He has four or five different styles and flows that he can get into. He chooses to do his little flow when he wants to. That's a talent. I'm gonna tell you something. There's a song with E40, Sebo, and uh What's that boy's name? What's his name? Um I forgot his name, but I think it's Brother Lynch. It's called uh, Hit a Lick. Listen to that song and listen how E-40 hits the pocket. The pocket, I'm talking about when I say the pocket, I'm referring to staying on beat. And you'll hear like how genius this nigga is when it comes to music. This man knows what he's doing. So I think the goofiness to him, the square stigma attached to him because he wears the glasses and he's funny and all this other stuff, it takes away from the idea that no, he is actually a really talented craftsman at his art. It's the same thing with Jay-Z. I don't listen to Jay-Z like that, even though I think he's a great rapper. But say what I want, say what I want to about how much I like his music. He is a true MC. Now, he's born on stage. Jay-Z is born on stage. But as far as in the art of rapping, he has four or five different flows. He can get into a different pocket here. He can get into a different pocket here. He's trained at his art. It is something to be said about when you see E-40 and it's too short on the stage on next to each other. And you see Too Short, whose music slaps, whose music does slap. Let's not take that from Too Short. His music is up to par. 
But it is a difference between him and when you listen to E-40 and you see somebody who actually really does know how to perform his songs, how to perform his songs, how to really get down and dirty with his songs, how to really perform, how to get his bars across. It is something different. It is something to be said about that. Um, when I see E-40, I see a true artist and I see a true master at the art of hip hopping. I see a true artist at the art of hip hopping, of presenting a song, of doing what he does. When I see Too Short, I just and I see here hear him singing, I just hear a street nigga who got who has a good hustle and knows how to get his who knows how to get his music to the right people. I, I've it's not that that point in the battle. I want to say it was the first two songs where he said he was selling custom cassette tapes to people. He would walk up to niggas in East Oakland. And be like, I'm selling cassette tapes and take orders from people. Go make their cassette tapes and put their names on the cassette tapes. So I see T-Short as somebody who knows how to hustle. And that's one thing the Bay Area dudes have naturally. We know how to hustle. We know how to grind. We know how to work smarter, not harder. That or both. That's the thing. So I respect that about him. Um, had to get that ran off, but overall, I'd say if the Bay Area won. It wasn't even about a competition. It just was a it just was a beautiful night, man. It was just a beautiful moment for the Bay Area. It was a beautiful moment for Northern California culture as a whole. And, um, I, you know, I wish we could have many more nights like that. Like, I want to turn this platform at a certain point to a place where I have Northern California artists come here and talk. You know, um, I don't know. It's just, um, I think Northern California in general, whether you're from the Bay Area, whether you're from the California, whether you're from Sacramento or from Stockton, all of our respective regions feel to a certain extent that we do not get the love that we should be getting for what we contribute to music, to hip hop or to just anything. And I understand that, but it's up to us to also say that. So let's celebrate ourselves amongst each other while we're still here. Let's celebrate E-40. The fact that E-40, all the E-40 and Too Short, E-40 and Too Short, Too Short, let me just give Too Short this file because I've been sucking E-40's dick for the last 15 minutes. Too Short has songs that till this day, to, to, to this day, Too Short has songs that you could see three generations of women have literally been in a club and shake their ass to. Really understand that. Really understand what I'm saying, telling to you. Three generations of women in the Bay Area have shaken their ass to Too Short songs. Too Short is almost 60 years old. He has songs that women were 20 years old and came out when in 20 years old in the 80s and shook their ass to in the clubs in downtown Oakland in the 80s, had a kid in 1990, 19, whatever, whatnot. Her daughter went to the club, shook her ass, did whatever. She might have got pregnant, had a kid in 2001, 2002. And that little girl is was at the high school uh, prom, a high school formal last year before this COVID shit hit, shaking her ass to shake that monkey. Because let me tell you something. I've been to the clubs last year. I've been to, I went to, I used to go to the 18 up with clubs last year. Don't judge me. It wasn't like those other options. And let me tell you, them kids in there, them niggas know to shake that monkey. They know the blow and burn rubber. They know all them songs. So, it is something to be said about somebody who made music that spans generations. And it's a beautiful thing, man. So much love to them. Much love to True Shirt. Much love to E40. I was really happy to hear. I was really happy to see that. I was really happy to see just that celebration of Bay Area culture, just Northern California culture. And it was a great thing. Um, I wanted to talk about that 21 Savage uh, T.I. interview. Um, 
I mean, I think I'll do a separate video for that because I, I think that would make the podcast too long. But with that being said, this was the greatest voice podcast. Thank you for being a part of the family. Thank you for being a part of the mob. Um, we'll do the next episode Friday. And I hope you guys can't wait to hear from me as I can't wait to talk to y'all. So much love, peace and chingery. This is the greatest voice podcast. Thank you for listening.